It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, everyone, to the Track Podcast. I'm Ken Kelly. He's Gordon Mack. New music, Gordon. What do you think? Let's just play the music the entire pod. Get people back pay for not having music for the past two months. Yeah, I love it. Hopefully this works out. What do you think this song is called? I could tell you the name if you want. uh, What's it called? music service. It is called Pick Me Up. Pick Me Up. Pick Me Up. Yeah. Dude. Don't, Don't sway too much, though. Your shoulder... How's your shoulder feeling? Yeah. Shoulder's in pain, actually. I uh, Today is probably the worst morning of shoulder pain. Yeah. I'm trying to get, oh, no. you know, like I said, sometimes I get tricked into thinking I'm going to heal, like, tomorrow. But then I realize it's just the pain meds working really well and that I'm actually mm-hmm. not healed. I just don't know it, that it's broken right now. And so then there's a moment when a few hours later, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you're still broken. That's... You know, because a lot of times you don't see anything. So you think like, oh, it's like it's, oh, I just have like a side stitch or just like you put ice on it. It's fine. And you think you're going to heal quick. But then you realize, no, this is a long process. I'm like this for a while. Because it feels like it's been like a month, but it's only been a little over a week. So Before we start the pod, you asked me if you could borrow a ladder. And I want all listeners to say that I said, no, I will not lend you a ladder because that seems like a recipe for disaster. Um, So that's where Gordon's mind is at right now. He wants to hang lights in his house, but his body is barely allowing him to podcast. But what if I asked for a ladder and your service? What What if you are the one on the ladder? Okay, well... That sounds better. I mean, that sounds worse okay. because it's more work for me, but it also sounds better in terms of risk of injuries. Um, we'll see. We'll talk. We'll negotiate. Because then I need to figure out how to get the ladder over there because I don't have a truck. I'm the one person sure. in Texas who doesn't have a truck. So I'll, I'll, we'll figure it out, though. I, wanna okay. make, I, wanna, I want you to be comfortable, Gordon. I want you to enjoy as best you can these four to six weeks before you're at full speed again. Um, subscribe it. if you haven't yet to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. Got a busy show. 
kind of a weird weekend in track and field to say the least, but we'll start first with an update on the pickup contest. It was another bad weekend for your favorite co-host, Kevin, but it was also, we had some extenuating circumstances. So Gordon, how are we, how are we judging this past weekend's pickup contest? Well, here's the thing. We asked you to go one, to go two for two, but one of the questions turned out to be irrelevant because Florida Relays had no pro races. But looking at how it went, and it's also kind of weird. So we, we kind of like, we gave people a lot of wrong, op, wrong opportunities because we asked who will win the Stanford <laughs> Invite Men's 5K. Nico mm -hmm. Young was the highest selected vote getter, but Nico Young did not even start the race. Uh -huh. The person who won wasn't even on the wasn't even on this uh chart it was actually field. the field it was yeah. Kai Robinson Stanford teammate of Charles Hicks 17% they'll pick the field um and then number of pro teams that win the 4x1s or the 4x4s at Florida Relays it was zero because there were zero pro teams because there was a rain delay that lasted like 6 yeah. hours and if you're a pro you're not going to wait around to run a relay um yeah. whereas your college kids you would so um that actually ended up being zero for four. So you know what? I think we should just give people credit for the luck of the draw. Bad breaks yeah. happen. So if you so successfully picked 0 for 4 and the field, which is a very small percentage of you, then you yeah. win. I think that's what we're going to do. You know, when you pick in other sports, you're looking at statistics, you're looking at trends. When you're picking in track and field, a lot of times you just need to figure out Who's actually going to make it to the start line? Who's yeah, actually going to be in the race? I think the field is always a good pick, especially in these early season meets. Yeah, anybody who did 0 for 4 in the field, congrats. I was way off. I was 4 for 4, and Amon Kemboy. He got 6th in the Stanford Invite 5K, and no pro teams even competed. So another setback for, for Kevin. But we'll have another one coming up this week. We're going to announce that on Wednesday. Yeah, we don't know the field yet, but it's going to be centered around the USATF Bermuda Games, which is mm -hmm. live on FlowTrack. And, uh, yeah, obviously all the top sprinters are going to be there. Shakira Richardson, Noah Lyles, Grant Holloway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we mm -hmm. will dive deep into that on Wednesday. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. That's a long plane ride to Bermuda. Yeah. So if people say they're going to be there, we're going to take them at their word, and we can incorporate yeah. that in the pickup contest. No last-minute scratches, I don't think, if you're flying all the way out to Bermuda. So – I'm on the internet this weekend, Gordon. I'm scrolling through, and I'm looking for results, as I normally do. And I come across a 9.88 time from Mount Sachs Elias Garcia. And I stopped for a second, and I thought, wait a minute. Why did I not see this anywhere else? Why was no one sending me text messages? Why was I not seeing this blasted out from World Athletics or other running outlets. Um, so I was curious, started Googling, put the name into Twitter, put it into Instagram, put it into the YouTube search algorithm. And lo and behold, come to find out a lot of questions about the time. Now, if you don't know who Elias Garcia is, runs for Mount Sac, a junior college, um, had been running times, you know, 10 to 10 one, um, first competed for Mount Sac back in, in 2020 but has run a couple times this year. And the more you Google, the more you look at it, you come across, you know, video from the race. And this is where, where you jump in, Gordon, because you tracked down this video and you sent it to me. 
tell us what did you see from the video when we finally got video of this race? Well, at first I was like, maybe they had the wrong start line because this mm -hmm. is so much fish going on in this race that it just stinks of high water. <laughs> and not only in this race, but other races that he's run. Uh, and someone took the video and put a, a time to it and yeah. noticed that it looks like they stopped the clock like three meters early, which mm -hmm. is a lifetime in the 100-meter dash. And obviously, automatic timing is not the same as timing from a digital screen. So yeah. clearly there's going to be a percent error, but there's not that big of a percent error when you look at it. Like, basically, they had him running about 10-1, which makes sense mm -hmm. because he's run 10-1 at other meets. But 9.88 into a headwind, that, that's not true. That's, that's just mm -hmm. not happening. Um, so... It makes you like, all right, well, maybe our, don't believe your eyes. Maybe what we're seeing is wrong, and it actually was a 988. And then he started looking at his other results, and it's like, all right, he's on 10 twos, 10 ones. The jump mm -hmm. to 988 means, I mean, crazy things happen, but it seems kind of far-fetched. Let's see if he said any other results. This is his 10-2 result from UCLA where mm -hmm. he looked good. And then I look into it, and he ran an outdoor 60 meter dash in 645 i was like mm -hmm. 645 that's 0.04 away from coleman and marcel jacobs they're the best in the world right that's right maybe six maybe this is real he ran 645 like a few months ago just no one knew about it because it was outdoors and then i saw that video which you sent to me and let me tell you if that's not the most obvious false start <laughs> In the history mm -hmm. of false starts, like we talk about Terrence Jones' false start, this was a false start of all false starts, and for some reason it did not call back. Um, his six forty five was clearly not legit either. Um, and then it just puts all these questions. Like the results aren't up on the website. Like there was a track meet, but yeah. the results page only have field events. It's not track events. And this yeah. all just feels like the timer made a mistake. And maybe this timer was just playing a massive April Fool's joke on the track world, on track Twitter. And <laughs> Garcia was in on it. It's like, yo, man, we're going to make you a 988 runner into a headwind. Yeah. Everyone's going to go crazy. Here we go. Yeah. And that's where we are now. I think it's the greatest ever, not, greatest ever 988 that probably did not happen. First of all, it's not the kid's fault. We should mention oh, yeah. that. Here. And he's good. You know, 10-2 is legit. 10-1 yeah. is legit. 10-2, so. ten, yeah. 10-2, 10-1. Got a bright future. Uh, just had a situation with the timing here. Yeah, the big red flag is the no times on the website. No, In today's day and age, no times, not just for his race, but for any of the running events at that meet. That's a big red flag. And then the times that did surface from that 100-meter race, it wasn't just him getting a massive PB. It was everybody getting a massive PB. And I know when stuff like this happens, people like to look at the, well, maybe the wind gauge was, was, was not reading things correctly, but for an error that, for an improvement that big, it's usually something bigger than just, oh, it was, they, they measured it at a, a minus 0.1. It should have been a plus 2.1. Well, no, when you're getting down to 988, it's like, all right, is this guy a gold medal threat? <laughs> did, did this guy just go from uh, 10 to 10 one to gold medal threat? Is that sound like something that is 
plausible. Um, so it's something bigger than wind gauge. I think it's some sort of error with the timing system. We'll maybe find out more later. And then also it never made its way into TFERS in part because there were no results. And if, if, TF, if it's not on TFERS for the purposes of, of the NCAA, it's not, it's not counting. And not to say they don't count any sort of mark that has some questions about it, right? They kept Jones's mark on there from Texas Tech um, just because it was ruled fair at the time, even though there, there was no, um, there, there was clear evidence looking at the video that, that he left early. Um, but yeah, this is just a weird part of track where you want to believe everything, right? You want but errors do happen. And there's so many meets every weekend and so many races that things can go haywire and produce this sort of result. I just think it's wild that the Instagram post from Mount Sac and the press release from Mount Sac is still up. Like they have to know. Uh, this isn't real. Like, is, who's going to tell them? Like, they, do they know that this is, they have mm -hmm. to know. Did it just keep this up? That the, a picture with him with the words 988 next to it, like, as mm -hmm. legit mm -hmm. fastest time in the world? Like, it seems like this well, is Well, that's how I found out want, about it. You'd that's how I found out about it was the, school, was the school promoting it. That's, the, that's yeah. how I found out about it was, was because, again, it wasn't listed in results. It's not like if you went on Saturday night or Sunday night and scroll, refresh TFERS and say, hey, what were the top college marks of the season? You know, you wouldn't have seen this. Or Ward Athletics, you wouldn't have seen this. It wasn't there. The only way you saw it was through the Mount Sac post. Um, yeah, I talked before about every, every runner has a Lyles number named after Noah Lyles is 1890, 200 from a couple of years ago. Everybody has a number where they run it and you're like, I don't know, are we sure? Now, if Marcel Jacobs opens with a 988, if Christian Coleman runs a 988, we're like, okay, cool. Or even if somebody who has a bit, a bit slower PB uh, than those guys and hasn't run that time, if they open with a 988, you're like, okay, that's cool. But this just far exceeded um, what, we, what we normally see as any sort of logical progression in the same way that, yeah, we thought Lyles was capable of some amazing stuff, but when that Inspiration Games clock started, stopped at 1890, Everybody was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not believable. What time do you think I could fake on my Instagram? That's good enough to turn their eyes, but also not too good where they won't think it's fake. Like, what time do you think I could run that they're not going to think is fake? I mean, nobody who listens to this podcast <laughs> is going to believe you're sub 11. So let's just start there. <laughs> But what if I put 1099 with like a 5.0 win? They won't believe that? I mean, we can ask people in the chat. I wouldn't believe it. I, don't I wouldn't believe it. it. Yeah. The thing with the win, everybody always jumps to the wind, right? Everybody always jumps to the wind because they think that's the thing that, you know, has the biggest error and that's the biggest variance. But listen, even if he runs 988 with a plus three, that would be a massive performance for him given where he's at in his career. People can find the, the YouTube clip they showed earlier from, I think it was Athlete X on YouTube had, there's a link at some point in the comments of, of the 60, and you can watch the 60, because that's what was confusing me too. Because I was like, wait a minute, you're in a 645? How do we not know about this guy? I know it was an outdoor 60, but I feel like someone would have mentioned a 645 earlier in the season. 
And then you watch it, and it's it reminds me of that Jones race, where it's just it's a very clear false start, doesn't get called back. Again, mistakes happen. I'm not saying that, you know, it's the end of the world in track and field, but you watch that race and you think, all right, can can this is this person a six six four runner? Well, no, because they ha- they got a clear false start. And then you look at the other times since then, it's like, well, if he had run that fast, then we would have seen faster times, we can assume. Yeah. Maybe this is just a, I think this is, might be just a massive April Fool's joke. And they have yet Dude, to tell no, us April Fool's. They're waiting. But in the release, but in the release, it was like, this is no April Fool's. Like they went out of their way to say. That's how you get them. That's how you get them. <laughs> you tell them it's not a joke. And then they, then they're, they believe it's not a joke. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm looking at the 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 first page. So since that 60, now the 60 is on Tifer. So that got counted. That got counted. Yeah, the first sentence of this release. It might have been April Fool's Day, but it was no joke. You're right. They they followed your playbook. But since then, a couple four by ones, and then he goes 10 1 6, um, uh, 21 31, then a 2102, then a 10.2. That's what happened since the 6 4 5. So, you know, everybody who has their antennas up for these things is like, all right, wait, hold on a second. Let's, let's wait. Let's see the video. Let's see the results. And then when results, the problem is results don't come in. When results don't come in and we're just going off of estimates, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty hard to take, you know, accept it. And, and then you, you also know, like, the people who are the biggest sticklers about this, like, like, we're, like we're athletics is like, on it. I remember there was a time, I don't remember what it was a couple of years ago. Oh, it was um the Swiss athlete. Alex Alex Wilson, right? Yeah. Uh yeah. Like that actually had results attached to it. And I don't know if they just like dispatched a whole team out there, like if it was just sort of CSI status and like they all showed up there and started testing all the instruments and stuff. But they 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 smelled that one out early and they didn't and they didn't put it on there. So I have pretty good confidence that w- the times that eventually get to their site are, are legit. Again, there are some examples. We mentioned one from the indoor season where stuff gets through, but 988, they're going to catch. You know, I'm going to pretend it's still legit until this weekend. Why not? Let's go another yeah. f- few days. Let's, let's live in a world where Elias Garcia from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, mm-hmm. is your world leader and that people like Christian Coleman and Marcel Jacobs have some work to do. That's what I'm going to live yeah. in. I'm going to live in that world, and then hopefully that world comes crashing down shortly. So yeah, until they take down this press release, he's 988 in my book. Press release or it didn't happen. Uh, Anthony says Gordon would run 13.5. Anything faster, I would not believe it. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, 13 is a consensus. Um, Thomas says 1099 windy, not even on your bike, Gordon. Ow, that <laughs> see that's a low blow. Low blow. Going back to the scene of the injury there. Actually, I mean, it probably would be harder on 1099 on a bike because from a standing you start, going. you got you got to get going. And, you know, it's going to be like, you know, chug, 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 hope, hopefully you have the right gears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> chug, chug, chug. That actually would be hopefully. a fun sport to see, like, from a standing start, how fast you can ride a bike 100 meters. Mm-hmm. And like, can I run faster than Usain Bolt in 100 meters? How Bolt, not. Well, how how long could Bolt hold off a cyclist? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be a fun, like from standing start. Yeah. How how long do you think he could hold off, like a a regular person cyclist, like me? 
Like, do you think I could catch him in 200 meters? Probably not. Or Yeah? No? I don't know. Mm, wait, is this current Gordon? Is this post-bike crash Gordon or pre-bike crash Gordon? It's Gordon in, like, four to six weeks. See, Gordon in four to six weeks, though, is still seeing shadows. He's not willing to risk it all yeah. because he's so worried. Uh, I'll take Bolt. That's fat. I, I mean, get around. Could you about peak ride bolt? a bike? About well, can you ride bolt? a bike on your own, like in forty-two seconds around a track? Like, well, know. yes, obviously people can run that fast. I'm talking about can you do it? And you're not doing. You're talking, I'm talking about four hundred. You're talking about two hundred. Oh, we got some archive video here from Gordon. This, this is, is a embarrassing a, video. Twenty eighteen, I think. Hey, you did better than I did. There's me There's talking you. about Gordon. Laying the groundwork for this podcast, by the way. Just working on all my fav- favorite Gordon bits. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Let's That's move on. You want to talk Florida Relays? Everyone. Texas, Texas yeah, let's talk. We have so much to talk about. We just spent 20 minutes on a fake <laughs> result. Time. Time <laughs> let's talk about real count. results. Yeah. Um, All right. Go ahead. You go first. Well, I, I want to go in order of my run of show that I made last night. So it's, I think we first Wait, need to talk about Jonathan. So now you want to go in order of a run of show. That's interesting because when I make yeah, the run yeah. of show, it's just a free-for-all. But okay, go ahead. Yeah. That's, you know. I don't practice what I preach, whatever. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Jones, Texas athlete, as we know, kind of went crazy indoor with his 800-meter running. He now leads mm-hmm. the NCAA in the 400 and the 800 in April. He ran 45.07, so that's the NCAA lead. He's run 145.83 in the 800. But the reason why I bring this up is not that he's – I mean, one, it's cool that a 400-meter runner leads both the 800 and 400 in April. Yeah. But he split 43-48 in a 4x4. Anytime you split 43 seconds, you're going to get my attention. And 43, it wasn't 43-99. It was 43-48. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of what this, what this kid's doing? And has he already convinced you now that it's like he needs – he just is coming off of a top three finish in the eight. Should he be yeah. going back to the four? Now that he's running 43 no. fours? Or you stay with the eight? No, I think stay with the eight. I just think all this is just such a good sign for the eight. And I know he ran eight before he got to UT, but then he had a couple of years where he was four, four, four. Now he's back to the eight. And it's almost like he's starting the event over. Like he has the experience of running it before, but he's just got all this new speed that he didn't have before. And he's applying that into the, into the 800. And I like the idea of him being able to give Brandon Miller a great race outdoors i mean that would be i think he has the most even though brandon miller is still young i think jones just still has a lot of upside because he's still new at this event at this level and he's going to continue to get better and better you'd think okay 800 meter guy putting him on the anchor leg with a running start you know it's going to help even more so 800 makes the most sense to me but yeah the, the versatility i mean this is not the same but I think Mo, right? Four and eight, leading the nation. I don't think it's going to hold because I think Randolph Ross is going to run something ridiculous pretty soon. Uh, and even Miller is going to run a quick 800. But for the time being, it's, it's fun to see another combo four eight runner. All right. So I looked up the schedule. The uh, men's <laughs> 400 goes off at 6 o'clock. The men's 800 goes off at 6.14. So he's got 14... Sounds 13 reasonable. minutes between between events. Yeah. Should he do it? Yeah. Should he pull off the double? Should he do the yes. on a 400, 13 minute recovery, run an 800? Yeah, I think 
that sounds painful. If he could get off the start line, I'd give him a lot of credit. Um, these times from this meet, though, did you look at the times from these meet, this meet, top to bottom? And this is a dual meet. Now I get it. Yeah. Texas, Texas A&M, huge rivals. But they brought it. They Some did. of these marks are incredible. You had Cherokee Young in the women's quarter, 50 for A&M. That's the second fastest time in A&M history behind a Thing Mo. And when they mentioned that on the clip, I felt like, man, I'm like, if Thing Mo is being referred to as this historical figure. I was like, that was a year ago. It's like the greatest time since a Thing Mo. Uh, but all across the board, that four by four was quick. Quarters were quick. Um, the short sprints, four by one. I mean, it was, it was a very fast meet between these two teams. Texas got the victories on both sides, but Young uh, competes for Jamaica. Um, I mean, she's going to be a factor. 50 0 this early is, you know, we didn't see that many sub 50s last year in the early part of the season. So that gets your attention. And then the people who did run some sub 50s were people who weren't even going to run the quarter either um, at, at the NCAA meet in terms of, or sorry, I think I did run at the NCAA meet, but later on in the season. So yeah, 50 0, man. 50 0. And, and it just, just kind of shows you that you don't necessarily need these big invite meets to run quickly. Yeah. Like the 400s were, like you said, the 400s were quick. I was surprised how quick the 100s were. They had some really good win legal times in the 100s yeah. on the women's side. Um, and the 200s were great. It was just for, the one, two, four was just like, boom, boom, boom. Very impressive. It's early April, which is like, got to keep that in mind. Like we're running these times in early April. Mm -hmm. This is not when they typically run your fastest, the fastest times. You know, you just kind of wait till it's a conference time, mid-May, all the way into June. Yeah. Um, and 50 it's it's legit. Are you putting Cherokee Young as your favorite over, you know, I guess, Talitha Diggs, who won the Diggs and Simon. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd have to right now. Long season, things can change. But I just like that someone put down – that marker um and i just feel like the the rivalry between texas and texas a&m just fuels these fast times because there's so many reasons not to run hard right now or to manage your effort but it's just like wait a minute there's a win or loss associated with this with this meet let's go out there and win let's just beat them because we don't like them and i think that's that's you know in combination with just the fact that you have huge amounts of talent on those two squads good track good conditions but yeah, I'll take Young right now. Should the U.S. women's 4x4 start getting a little bit nervous about Jamaica sneaking up on them? Jared yeah. Young, Stacey Ann Williams, both 50 points this early in the year. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts there? Yeah, and if you had, if you go back to, you know, Sharika Jackson, and I mean, they got Geneva Russell, four-meter hurdler. They got, they got a lot of depth. Um, the problem is the U.S. right now <laughs> – has even more depth. They don't even need to really dip into their 400 meter runners to get to, to be historically fast. If I was ranking them right now, yeah, US still clear number one, but I would have Jamaica solid, solid two. Yeah. I mean, I just got a question, I think either from Travis or from, from someone on our, on our YouTube channel, which relay will be better, Jamaica four by one or the Jamaica four by four? 
Um, I think it's still the four by one because they have yeah. the greatest of all time and the second greatest of all time and two extremely great of now time. Uh, whereas Jamaica still is kind of young. I mean, Cherokee Young, Stacey Ann Williams are both in college, both born in 2000, 1999. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, they're, if they're getting three women sub 50 by June, then we need to start thinking, all right, Jamaica has a chance to truly be great in this four by four. But until they do that, you still got to hold the horses. You need four. You need four. You can't win a four by four with just one. So, well, and you mentioned it. They're that four by one's historically fast. That doesn't happen yeah. every now and then. <laughs> like every like that's you know having having legs last year that ran uh, fifty four and sixty one, and then you had another one. And your, your third best person is the bronze medalist. That's crazy. I'm looking at four by four. Jamaica was third last year at the Olympics. Uh, McGregor, Russell, Jackson, McLeod, Broomfield, and Williams. That was the relay pool that they ran. Yeah. So if you if you throw uh, Cherokee Young in there, that bumps them up a little bit. You know, they lost to Poland for the the silver, but I would I would put them ahead of Poland. But I I think getting ahead of the U.S. is going to take something special because the u.s with muhammad mo and mclaughlin that top three the non 400 big three is formidable you need you need something really special to get like you need a miller Weibo type talent on your team or you need to have incredible balance you know sending multiple people to the final in the open quarter and like we forget about this allison felix got bronze in the 400 last year and she was the fourth, you know, she was the fourth person on that team, basically, right? And she was the third best in the world in the open quarter. Third best in the world, fourth on the team. That's the, right. Somehow that math work checks out. Well, right. If you were ranking, no, it, I mean, I it's you, obviously it's true. no, no, I don't think it's d- disrespectful to say that. That's just how good Mo, yeah. Muhammad, and McLaughlin were. And okay, maybe you want to quibble with me and say she was, she would be better than one of those uh, four-minute hurdles hurdlers that's fine okay so she's third best in the world and third best on the team but two people who finished ahead of her in the world aren't the ones on her team it's just the u.s is just getting 400 bodies from all over the place and it makes this team really good so jamaica four by one on the women and then u.s women four by four on the women i think are big favorites going into the year i haven't seen anything yet to change that also happening on the other side of the country we had the Stanford Invitational, and who had on their bingo board that a high school senior would lead the NCAA coming after the big, the first two big distance meets of Riley Relays and Stanford Invite. And the top time in the country would be a high schooler over all the college kids. Natalie Cook, fifteen twenty five, breaks the national record held by Jenna Hutchins by like nine seconds. Mm-hmm. Incredible performance. Man, we keep on... I mean, remember when we were freaking out about Caitlin Tui running in like the 1540s or 50s? Yeah. Or 1539 or something? And now we're having Natalie Cook run 1525, just taking it to a whole new level. Yeah, and the time keeps dropping. And it drops in accordance with the rest of the world is how I'm feeling about this as well, though, too. Because you look at just what it takes to get into the U.S. trials or what it takes to 
make a final at the Olympics or what it takes to place high in the Diamond League, that mark is dropping too. So from that perspective, it makes sense that the high school time is dropping as well too because you don't look at a 15-20 on the women's side the same way that you did five years ago, especially the way you looked at it 10 years ago. If this was 10 years ago, you'd say, all right, how's she going to look? How's she going to do at USA's? But now we're in the world where sub-15 is basically the bare minimum. It's a different, it's a totally different story. Um, yeah, so obviously congrats to her, great run. And it didn't surprise me that these, these high school times are just in the distances, especially in distances that like the women's five not run that often. Men's, men's five, same thing. It doesn't surprise me that you're going to see big jumps up in, in, in performance. Oklahoma State, she's signing with Oklahoma State going there next year. Yeah. You've put her and um, Taylor Rowe. It's going to be a pretty good one-two punch. And they're hosting again, correct? I think they are. They are a lot of coaches are thrilled about that. A lot of coaches are thrilled (laughs) to be going back to that course. (laughs) To the scene of the crime. (laughs) Yeah. Which is the Stillwater course. Yeah. I mean, we knew Cook was good. She won running lane. She won footlocker. Can't do any better than that during the cross-country season. She can run some fast times. So it makes sense that she's able to to get this record. but these things are fleeting. Like, would it surprise you in a couple of years if we have a 15-19 on the girls' side? It won't for me. It's the no. amount of competition that these, that these younger athletes are getting, combined with, obviously, shoe technology and advances there as well, too. We're just making these records not last very long at all. Um, do you want to talk about the men's distance race? I guess you do want to talk about the men's distance race because it involves your favorite event ever, the men's 5K. Which yeah, well, will I, never, you'll never quit. You'll never let go of the men's 5K in the NCAA. Well, I mean, I will say, you know, obviously Natalie Cook was the story of that meet. Um, the 15s, 3K steeples, 5Ks, and 10Ks in general weren't that all flashy. Um, yeah. Abdi Hobby Nerd didn't win the 10K. Yeah. It was weird watching it because it, it did go on pretty late last night. So I was like, what happened? Did he like purposely lose? And then I was like, well, he didn't like finish in the middle of the pack, he finished like fourth or fifth. Yeah. And then I looked at the results and he kind of closed at the same time as the other guys ahead of him. So it's like, what's going on? And then you watch it and you can basically see Abdi Hamidner running the last lap. He could have, it was like this weird thing where like he probably could have caught everyone, but then he chose not mm-hmm. to. He's like looking over his shoulder by, while running a 58 second last lap. It was like a weird situation watching. Someone come off of two incredible races at NCAAs and then just like settle yeah. for sixth behind like two or three college kids. It was yeah. weird. We spent five minutes, 10 minutes on Friday's show, Wednesday's show, debating whether or not he'd take it seriously. Can you just text him next time? We can save a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Just ask him. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, let's just I mean, do that. And even general, I mean, we're thinking about how they're going to take it. Nico Young didn't even run, right? You were yeah. like, no Nico. And then Abdi chilled and didn't try. Not that he didn't try. He just was like, all right, get the qualifier. Um, the interesting thing that I think kind of coming out of this is Stanford men ran really well in the 5K. Uh, they mm-hmm. had a bunch of guys running the 1320s. And I did a little math. Uh, these are all the times that Stanford and NAU have put in the 5K. 
And it's pretty impress- impressive, the depth. I took the top nine mm-hmm. 5K marks from this year, including indoors, both Stanford and NAU. No, no other school can really match with this depth. And I thought it was kind of interesting to see how great the 5K depth is of these two schools. Now, NAU clearly has the edge if you go all the way through like nine-man yeah. average. They're 13.36. I mean, imagine running for NAU. Brody Hasey ran 13.42, and he's seventh on their team. Like, that's kind of incredible. And even for Stanford, I mean, Thomas Boyden runs 13.46, and he's fifth on his team. Yeah. Five years ago, those times are leading your team. And I just thought it was interesting seeing Stanford and NEU have 18 guys all running great 5K times. Yeah. Well, I just see one versus one. You go Nur over Robinson, Young over Sprout. Hicks has a better time than, than Bosley there. But then Kusha, Raff, Quax, Haste. So six of the top seven they beat there. Uh, counterpart you know, on the other side. But, yeah. NAU I feel like we do this every year. They're winning the battle. Stanford. Yeah. Stanford's yeah. like loaded with like a lot of guys between 13. I mean, the times drop, you know, for a while. It's like they got so many guys in the, you know, 1340s, 1330s. Now it's dropping down to 20s and 30s. Yeah. They're good. I mean, they're, they're in the mix and indoors too. They'll be good. Yeah. Oklahoma State will be good too. We just don't know it yet. We haven't seen Isai Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. They have some other secret guns that I'm excited about. Not that we're thinking about NCAA cross country already, but I'm already secret. getting excited about it. You know, I'm already trying to come up with my big form chart of because I don't think I think it's going not to talk about NCAA cross country, but Abdi yeah, Nur probably isn't Abdi Nur probably is not coming back right after what he's doing. You, he's going to go pro. Are you reporting that? No, but okay. Uh, you know, well, he's been in school for four years. He's really good. He's going to go pro. He's not coming back unless coach can convince him to come back for just one, one last, last dance style, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, Scotty Pippen wiles, but no, he's not going to come back. Probably. I'm not reporting, but not reporting for the record, not reporting, reporting, but I don't think so. Uh, let's back. check. Let's check in on the chat where people are continuing to roast you and I'm enjoying it. What are they uh, roasting me da- for? David says, this is actually funny. This isn't, Roasting Gordon on vintage Schwinn races Matt Bowling over 300 meters. Clickbait title gets 759,000 views. I like it. We should do that. Someone else, I can't find the comment. I could, I, maybe I can try to race Jonathan Jones. He's here in Austin. I'll race him. Yeah. And I'll see if it's, I have a better shot against him in an 800 or a 400. You know, I'll get yeah. to see if I need an extra lap. Thomas says, Gordon, with your wearing uh, all your clothes unbuttoned, are you auditioning for playing Dr. Jerry Buss in the HBO special Winning Time? <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was putting on this. I'm running out of shirts, guys. I realize I don't have a lot of <laughs> loose-fitting button-downs, and the one I was wearing all week last week, I, I can't keep wearing. Mm-hmm. And I started going out in public the past few days, and now I realize, yeah. like, all right, I need to. I can't go out in public with the same shirt multiple times. Especially if I'm seeing the same people. So I'm trying this one. This is a sweatshirt. But, you know, I can't zip up. It, it would be too tight on the arm. Yeah. Imagine. I appreciate, though, you looking out for me. Imagine not just watching Gordon on this pod with the unbuttoned shirt, but having to pick Gordon up from his house to take him to get his computer fix and then going into a mall in the middle of the week with a man with a half unbuttoned shirt. And a sling on his shoulder is—it's a true. I hope everybody listening gets to experience that 
with a coworker or a friend in their life. So they get to do that as well too. Um, I also hope that I Travis want- clips this uh, segment with Gordon is running out of shirts. I feel like that's an all-time headline. One, Guys, I'm running, one, out, I'm running out of shirts. I did have a situation. I went to church yesterday and doing the, the, half, the half shirt at church is a little, it's a, it's a thing. Is a is a is a interesting move half, because they're like, all right, Gordon, so what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here, like half shirtless. I have so many follow up questions right now, uh, but I'm gonna save them for Wednesday's pod or when I see you in person. Also at Stanford, I want to talk about uh, the sprints. The sprints at Stanford, uh, Adoti on Wazirike, ten point oh seven wind legal at Stanford. He's a he's a freshman for. The Cardinal uh, has represented Nigeria in international competition, just 19 years old. Um, I saw you, I think you ranked him indoors. Am I remembering that correctly? In the 60s? Might have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's been known. He had a good, he had a good uh, high school career out here. And um, people were talking about him coming in Stanford, but 10-0, man. 10-0 is, is legit. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Has Stanford ever had like an elite sprinter like this? When I think of Stanford, I think of throwers and like javelin discus type throwers and distance. Corey I never Carter think of Stanford. sprinters. You know, I mean Corey well, Carter was yeah. good, but you know, I just haven't Floreal seen a male sprinter run well for Stanford. You know, Floreal used to coach at Stanford, so yeah. they had that. They had that. You know, good. Good jumps program, but obviously, yeah, the the, the tradition is, is in those distance races. So, yeah, watch. I'm looking at the. Uh, you look at. Do we have? Is, did his time make it into the official? Uh, the official lists. Now I'm now I'm concerned here about everybody's um, time's is, getting. No. Why would his time not get on the list? That's not oh, there he is. Ten oh seven. I'm just worried. I'm just worried about. I'm just worried about people. I'm just worried about conspiracies here. Uh, ten oh seven. There he is. Uh, he's sitting seventh, and that'd be what second in the NCAA in, in Division One. Obviously, Azamati at the top there, uh, with his nine ninety four D two. Florida relays. We had some fun stuff at the Florida relays. First, let's just start with Anna Hall. We went through Anna Hall's magnum opus at the texas relays and we said if this was just an athlete competing individually how wild would it be for an athlete to do a double that involved the 800 the high hurdles and the long jump the triple they tripled in those events and it's qualified for ncaa's in these three and events. they jump. went around and high jump and the high school quad so they had it yeah quad they had a chance for qualifying in four events and they just went around and competed individually and picked up their qualifiers we thought that'd be absolutely ridiculous right that's eaton-esque at this point so then she goes and adds a new event to her repertoire and you say okay it's not new she ran the low hurdles in high school but this is this is 400 hurdles this isn't 300 hurdles a different event and she's she's doing it while she's competing as a heptathlete so it's not like she has a bunch of time on her hands so at the florida relays gordon she goes out and runs 55-35 in the foreign hurdles, which, have, which would have put her runner-up last year at the NCAA championships. So let's add, if you're keeping track at home, add another event where Anna Hall would not just qualify, but score points in. 
if you're a coach, what do you do with an athlete like this when they are just so talented in multiple events? And, you know, do you, how do you decide what to go all in on when they're just so di diverse with all this? Like, even Grant Holloway, you kind of like, you were just, you probably could have done more. You could have like, hey, maybe Grant Holloway could have ran a 400 hurdle or put him in a, an open four, but they kind of right. focus in, right? No, you're running the 110s and we'll do the long jump on the side. Keep it simple, do two. But like, yeah. how do you handle yeah. athletes that are just so good in three plus events where you, like, it's coach thinking points. Like, she's probably like, coach, I can win the half yeah. athlete. But it's like, yeah, but you could get third in four events and that's more than 10 uh -huh. points. Yeah, exactly. It depends what you want. And I guess it depends what she wants too. Where does she see her career in the future? I mean, the marks that she's putting up in the heptathlon are, are incredible. Right. And that's an event where, I mean, you got, um, some big names ahead of, you know, like Jackie Joyner, Kersey, Brand Tyson Eaton, et cetera, et cetera. Jessica Ennis, Katarina Johnson, Thompson. So if you're just after points though, you're right. Heptathlon only gets you 10. And if you could get multiple seconds or thirds, then that's going to give you more points. I would guess she would stick with the heptathlon. It is interesting, though, and this is why I think the Eaton comps are, are pretty in line. Because remember, Eaton, that off year, he jumped over to the four-meter hurdles. He had a similar skill set that played really well for the low hurdles. And he was able to be pretty good at it and made people question, hey, what would happen if this guy did this full-time? But Anna Hall is just, she checks all the boxes, just good at, at literally everything. And I don't know how she has all the time to do it. Like, I don't know how you get the work in for the 800 while also doing technical work for the high jump. Like, all of these are full-time jobs, and she's doing all of them. Looked into it, the 400 hurdles at NCAAs, the finals at 357. The heptathlon 800 is at 413. So that would be... 16 minute difference to pull off that double. If she would try to do the 400 hurdle 800 double, there's yeah. only 13 minutes between those two events. So basically, they're making it really impossible for her to double anything. You know, obviously, field events will be where to go because those don't happen during most of the running time. But yeah, she's going to yeah. have a decision. I mean, she's probably still going to do the heptathlon. Maybe the 400 hurdles will be something she does like at a conference meet where she doesn't need to compete in, you know, the multis get more points out yeah. of her by doing different events. But yeah, 55 seconds. This is Ashton Eaton S. We're seeing a, a young female Eaton right now before our eyes. Yeah. And I think this is just the, the tip of the iceberg too. I mean, I'm looking at where she sits, sits all time with that 6,400 score. I mean, only four women in history have done 7,000. I should have mentioned Nafi Tiam when I went through that group of contemporary um heptathlon stars but yeah i don't know maybe she's the next maybe she's the next 7000 point score when when you run a time in an event that people recognize as oh that's a legit time for the open that's just what gets your eyes wide and that's what happened at that when she ran that 800 the texas relays it's like wait a minute the last of seven events you ran 204 what <laughs> And then you're, you're gonna, now the four hurdles not in the in the heptathlon, but that just goes to show you the combination of technical ability, speed, and strength that Hall has. So yeah, I think we're 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 looking at the next great one.
here. There's just too much ability there for it not to not to to develop into something that um, gets way up on that all-time list. Again, may, maybe it's the next 7,000-point score. Men's events at the Florida Relays. We talked about how the pro stuff got scrapped, so we didn't see any of the pros in the Relays. So I think the highlight was those men's 200s, where you had Ja'Cory Patterson of Florida run the best time of the weekend. But I think the most exciting race, anytime Joseph Fanbelay is in a 200, is like you get all of your money's worth because you watch the entire thing from gun <laughs> to tape. The guy that puts on a show. I mean, he's the, he is the, the sit and kick 200 meter runner. And this one was, which one was fun. It had big names in it Randolph Ross, Matthew Bowling, but it was Fambolet coming from behind again. Is so. Clearly, he's made Olympic final in the 200. He's coming off an injury, so... But, like, his start was so bad. Five meters into the race, I looked like he was, you know, a middle schooler going up against, you know, a pro elite field. But then, once he got, like, 50 meters in, he's, he's Usain Bolt. He's Usain Bolt for 150 meters, and he's a high school sophomore for the first 50. It's crazy. He's like the, the high and low of his 200 meters is insane. Usain Bolt for 150 meters, high school sophomore for 50 meters. And when you combine that, it turns out to be a pretty good runner <laughs> because he was able to run down bowling, who I yeah. still think is, was the NC, or is the NCAA favorite in the 200 based off of his indoor regular season. Uh, but he's walked him down like it was nothing. And yeah. you take that last 150 and put in a better starting 50, he's running 19.8s, 19.7s, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I'm curious about. Because when you see stuff like that, you're like, all right, well, maybe that's in part of your head. You're like, wait a minute, maybe this is like helping him later on. Maybe there's some sort of thought process to this. And if he went out faster, then he wouldn't be able to have this big comeback coming from behind. I think you got to get out to Florida, Gordon. I think you need to get on the ground, ask some questions figure out because i think that's what everybody's wondering he just he looks completely he looks limitless in the last hundred um because we talked about lyle's especially early on in lyle's career that patented last hundred is actually almost 120 ish because he'd really get going off that curve right but lyle's never had the deficit that fan had to overcome and with lyle's you felt like it was more, the first part was more just like setting up the second part. And he was really confident in that close. Now he's talked about improving his start. And that was a big emphasis of his indoor season this year, getting the first part of his race down. So that way he doesn't need to come from behind, especially if he's going to run the hundred. But this is something different. The deficits are a lot bigger. And that first 50 looks well behind what we would see from even someone like Lyles. But I'll tell you what though, it makes the race fun. It makes the race fun to have just these distinct styles out there of runners and clear strengths and clear weaknesses. So anytime the guy's running, I'm watching. Like, I'm just, I, I have to watch. Like, it, like you, you can't turn away because no matter how big the deficit is, you think, okay, maybe. Maybe he can do it. Maybe he's going to close. Yeah. I'm ex again, he's coming off an injury. He didn't run that well at SEC indoors. That was like his 
made a season opener SEC indoors and wasn't able to get a, a qualifying mark. I mean, he yeah. ran. It's not like he ran shit. He still ran good, just not top sixteen good. So yeah. I'm excited to see what he is, what he looks like, basically mid May, because I mm-hmm. I want to see like you know. The way I want to look at myself for four to six weeks from now with my broken collarbone being healed up, I want to see a healed up Joseph Famula. So when I take off this sling, I want to see him run a 200, and I want to see him – he's definitely going to run – I think he's going to run like 19.8 at the NCAA yeah. final, maybe even faster. With the way yeah. people run, you know, we're seeing high school kids run 15, 25, and a 5K. You know, I can yeah. see him – He's going to be a legit metal threat. Potential, not I don't know legit because now that I think about it, yeah. the two hundred very good. But he's going to be, he's going to definitely make the final at Worlds. He made it at mm-hmm. the Olympics, and if he's able to just have an incredible year two of running at the elite level, you know, yeah. maybe he has, maybe he's running nineteen sixes and nineteen fives and he's running like Noah Lyles. I mean, yeah. it's a lot to put on him right now at. In April to like, yeah, you're gonna run nineteen five, nineteen six, but mm-hmm. I think his his floor is nineteen eight high, mm-hmm. and I think his ceiling is unknown. But his floor mm-hmm. is definitely nineteen nine, nineteen eight high. Well, yeah. and, and then the ceiling is unknown. The weak part of his race is the one part that you think is really fixable. Yeah, right. That's the good thing about it. Hey, you're doing this yeah. once you get that fix it. other stuff ironed out. That's when you can, you know, really go into those sub-20 times. All right, I'm checking on the chat. The chat was lively today. I got to say, Gordon. Chat was – I clipped yeah. it kind of over. There's just, like, a lot going on. So it's hard to pick out questions, but that's a good thing. I was watching some of those – did you watch the World Cup draw, by the way, last week? Oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. I watched the 30-minute pre-show thinking it was going to start at noon, and then it didn't start the draw till like, 12.50. I was like, why am I so, watching a musical production on FIFA? For 50 minutes before they tell me who they're playing. Anyway, so I, I watched watch it, it as a as a person who is on YouTube a lot. I was like, let's just go on YouTube and see if they have watch parties, you, like we do. You know, let's pay yeah. that forward. For you know, we do it NCAA indoors or outdoors, whatever. There was about 1,200 watch parties for this thing, and on some of them, the comments, the speed with which the comments came through, and just people posting flags, basically, a lot yeah. of the time. Or just being like U.S. first one done, you know, just like over and over again, stuff like that. So that really, like, once I saw how fast that moved, it was like looking at a, a ninety mile an hour fastball, and then switching down to like fifty miles an hour. When I look at our, it was good training for me to to sort through ours. Quick block. Wait, so you, you you learned you learned that the Flow Track Podcast is not as popular as the FIFA World Cup coverage. Okay, so that part was disappointing. I thought, hey, can we go viewer for yeah. viewer with FIFA? Most popular sport in the we, world. <laughs> We're not. Yeah, at the most popular event. Because even people like me who are not into soccer 24-7 are tuning in just because I thought it was interesting. No, so I, I turned it into a learning experience. I was like, I want to I see how quick these comments go. And they weren't usually reading the comments too. But anyway, I'm going to read some comments. Um, AM says, Jonathan Jones from Texas is a beast. Yes. That is factually accurate. Um, I saw as will. Hey, Carson Warholm was decathlete was a decathlon athlete. Look at him now. Yes, and also Daphne Shippers went from yeah. multi to single event. So maybe that's the path. Maybe it's not. Hey, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go to seven thousand points. Maybe I'm gonna put all my energy into one event. That could be. I mean, the path that, that she needs to do is she needs to look at what she's good at and be like, which one will get me top three at USA's? That's the, all mm-hmm. that matters because make make teams. Yeah, and right now I don't think she's gonna pick the four hundred hurdles because here's the here's the thing. You'd be, about you'd, be, the you'd be really imagine being like a runner right now and be like. I want to run the 400 hurdles, a female runner. It's probably the, the dumbest idea you could ever make. Like legitimately, like your, your cost risk analysis, risk cost analysis, whatever you call it. Choosing to cost be a 400 benefit. meter runner, 400 meter hurdler, female in the year of 2022 is just a mm-hmm. bad move. Now I respect all the women who are doing it, but what are you doing? You learn to run the eight, learn to, eight, yeah, learn to run the eight. Learn you got to make a four. business decision. Make a business, business decision, decision, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should not be trying to make world teams when we have two of the greatest that have ever lived in that event, and, and they're both American, so. Uh, yeah. If she well, does, yeah, we're talking like 55s, yeah. as if Sydney didn't just run a 51 last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Gives a different perspective to it, for sure. Thomas says, hey, Kevin, your T-shirt, Blue Valley Southwest High School out of Overland Park, Kansas. Of course. Of course. Um, I have Kansas uh, friends. And, old rival, an old rival. And Colt, Colt, producer Colt is a, uh, yeah, right. Colt, give us your your CV again. Your your Kansas uh, uh, upbringing. I am a graduate of uh, Manhattan High School. Um, that's mm-hmm. a large high school in Kansas. Uh, we would race against Blue Valley quite often. That's all I got. There it is. <laughs> all right, that's all Colt has. Uh, if people don't know, Colt does improv comedy. I mean, you may not be able to tell from, from that response. I'm out. I've been that's... doing too much. I need to refresh the batteries. <laughs> He's too on. If anybody wants to send me shirts from their high school, I'll wear them on the show, by the way. This is just a, this is just a play for a bigger wardrobe. Also, Gordon already said he's running out of shirts. Send one to yeah, his house, one to mine. Send, send them to the office. Down, though. Has to be a button down. I can't wear a regular shirt right now. <laughs> Send me your high school cross country team's button down or college's button down or running club. I know they often make button down shirts. Popular style. Speaking of Kansas, I hope Kansas wins the national title. Uh, oh, yeah, you're I don't tell now. many people this, but I am a closeted Duke fan. I don't like talking about it because I understand being a Duke fan is like being a fan of. You know, a Yankees fan. the yeah. worst team you could be a fan of. And I get it. I understand it. But I didn't know in the 90s when I was a kid and I chose them. Anyway, that loss, man, that was pretty bad for all of people who are Duke fans because it's a permanent loss. It's a loss that will never go away. Like, well, maybe next year. There is no next year because obviously Coach K retired. But if you're a Duke fan, yeah, that, that definitely sucked. And if you're a North Carolina fan, you basically have – a forever trump card on duke fans do you though crazy. do you do. just because it was coach k's last game they're gonna get another coach and they meet him twice they're, they're gonna meet him twice in the last like month yeah but that's fine but he but next year and in 10 years from now do you think people are really gonna be worried about what happened 10 years ago well here's duke the thing that's five... the only thing college sports fans care about is 10 years ago that's all they care about that's that's a good point that's a good point but this like duke is gonna re- builds the whole identity around their coach right coach k blah 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 and now coach k's resume is always going to have you were taken out by the arch rival they had the last laugh forever i mean the only way you really are going to be able to 
change the narrative is Duke needs to win like three championships in five years with John Shire, which is not going to happen. But, but I, mm. this is a, I didn't, this isn't a college basketball podcast. But. You lost your pool basically also, right? I was pulling for yeah. Duke because I wanted you to win the $100,000 because you promised me, yeah. I mean, a surprisingly high amount of money. I didn't think that driving you around would give me that sort of payoff, but you were very generous. So I was pulling for was. every team you told me yeah. to. I needed. Were you, did you have a chance if, if Duke won? Uh, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> what are you yeah, ranked now? Did you fall free throws, man? I'm not ranked well. I'm not even looking. I'm not even looking because, yeah, once you lose your final, your if you don't have your, if you don't have the final two, you have no shot. So I don't even look. It's over. Maybe free next throws, year. Man. Free throws. Yeah, they missed free throws down the stretch. It was that it's that simple? That yep. simple. Women's game was sh- interesting last night. South Carolina just took it to UConn. UConn never could. Close the gap all the way. That was disappointing. If you're a UConn fan, yeah, the the between UConn and Duke, the historic programs going down. Yeah, you know, UConn women haven't won a title. UConn women haven't won a title since 2016. Do you know that? Seems like a long time ago. Yeah, South they made Carolina the final won two. The last, last UConn's made the final four like 18 times in a row or something. It's yeah, it's crazy. But they would lose That's in the insane. semi a lot. Yeah, that's insane. Well, then there was a year that was canceled, obviously, too. Yeah. Okay, um, back to the chat here. Uh, Am says Anna Hall is strong. Well, speaking of here. South Carolina, before we talk about chat, speaking of South Carolina, there's an athlete that no one's talking about that I want to be talking about right now. An- oh, Anias Isai. Did I say that right? Anias Isai. Okay. From South Car- uh runs for South Carolina. He's from Morocco. He came into the season late. He ran like a 357 miler, mile indoors. It didn't qualify. But he just ran a 340, won the Florida Relay. Florida Relay is 1,500. But he's run 334 in the 1,500 mm-hmm. in 2021. He's yeah. legitimately a talented enough runner to be able to beat a Yara Nagus in a 1,500, which I think is going to be really exciting. So keep an eye All on right. the South Carolina 1,500-meter runner. Uh, from Morocco, who is going to give Yarity run for his money. Because 334 is no joke. That doesn't grow on trees. So I'm excited to see what he does. Obviously, he's going to be able to go up against Mario Garcia-Romo at SECs, which will be great, mm-hmm. in the, against in Ole Miss. So I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. wanted to put out, speaking of South Carolina, after the women won the national title. So they got a national title, and they got a Moroccan 1,500-meter runner. I like how you're already crowning Nagus as the guy, even though he just lost. Nagus hasn't lost. What did he just lose? What do you mean? Lost, lost the three thousand and the DMR. Yeah, but he just, there's no outdoor three thousand. There's no outdoor three thousand. That's 3, true. There's no DMR outdoors too. Yeah, all his losses don't count. I just meant there were other runners who looked better coming out of instantly indoors. That's what I meant. That is true. And he was a collegiate record holder in the three thousand, so he's good at both. Let's, try, let's not get that back, get that confused. Uh, someone asked, "Can you open the prediction contest to outside America?" Uh, that's a Gordon question. Uh, that's uh, I got to ask the people question. I, I will ask. I'll look into it. I'll figure that out. Uh, that's a good question, though. Keep that in mind. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um. That's it. 
we'll leave it there. We'll do the new prediction contest come Wednesday because we should have a better idea of who's running what in Bermuda at this weekend's Bermuda, which Anthony told me is not actually that far from the East Coast, so people still could scratch. I was trying to be optimistic and said that the distance means fewer people will scratch. He's like, nah, it's actually not that far. So geography lesson for me and a word of caution for everybody else that uh, it's pretty close to the East Coast. So keep that in mind. Subscribe to the FlowTrack podcast YouTube page. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back again live, 9 a.m. Central on Wednesday. Gordon, thank you. Colt, thank you. Travis, thank you. See you then.